0: Where does yesterday's future which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here meet today's future which is about to happen and tomorrow's future which could be just minutes away. Welcome to technology revolution, the future of now. now where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Yes, indeed. I'm always laughing when I hear the voice of my co producer, Ryan Treasure, the VP, I say VP of everything at World Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. I am Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie in the house, and we have quite a topic for you today. If you're in business, if you're thinking about being in business, if you know somebody's in business, they're an owner, they're a manager, they're a dreamer about being in business. This topic is for all of you. So I have two buzz quotes from an article at Impact BND. I think it's impactbind.com, and it's a blog they wrote. Here we go. Number one quote, Social media is ever-changing. There's always a new crazy way people can document every aspect of their lives. But what if you're a business? With so many social media sites already out there and even more popping up each day, where do you begin? And again, this is addressing businesses. Do you create a Facebook account or do you hop on whatever the new Pinterest is today? And here's the second quote. Utilizing social media in your business strategy gives you the chance, here's the here's the meat of the bones here, gives you a chance to connect with fans, customers, and prospective clients on a more personal human level. Human level is important. So let me give you some popularity stats in case you're wondering where should your business invest your time, your energy, your people, your strategy. So YouTube right now has $2 billion. Registered users. Okay. Facebook, a mere 1.7 billion. Okay. We're going to get down into the millions now. Twitter has 310 million, Instagram, 500 million but they're 18 to 29 years old. That could be good for you if that's where you're selling. Flickr has 100 million. Pinterest has 84 million. And LinkedIn, a mere 20 million. Oh, my. So I have three panelists on today. One has to leave us in a few minutes, so we'll see what we could do to get most thought leadership from him in the time we have. We're going to ask experts. Kirsten Boylo at SAP. Kirsten is the sponsor of my series, Digital ah. Selling, Changing the Game with Digital Selling for many years, and we're happy to have her here. Mark the Sales Hunter. Hunter, a mind for sales. He's the one who has to leave us soon, but we're going to see what we can get out of him and with him before he goes. And Nico Lagersten is back at Digitize. He was on a few weeks ago. I'm going to ask them to spin the digital selling wheel of fortune. No, we don't have Vanna White on the show. Don't get excited. With an eye toward 2025. So that's our topic today. Bonnie in the house with Kirsten, with Mark and with Nico. Kirsten Boyleau, why don't you briefly just tell everybody who you are in case they don't know you on this particular radio show. How are you?
2: I'm great, Bonnie. Thank you. Um, Kirsten Boilo, part of SAP. I'm in uh, global marketing, and I'm responsible for upscaling our marketing department on uh, digital marketing, as well as our sales organization on digital selling, um, and have been running those programs for the last six years, um, for digital selling and for the last year for digital marketing. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for, for
1: having me on. Thank you, Kirsten. Quick question: YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, digital, iPhones, smartphones, LinkedIn, Instagram. Do you have a favorite you recommend for businesses? Just off the top, one favorite. I think I know the answer, but what LinkedIn. do you what do you suggest?
2: <laughs> LinkedIn, LinkedIn all the okay. way. Okay,
1: I knew that. I knew that. We'll be talking about that. Thank you, Mark Hunter. You're the one who has to leave us soon. Mark, quick bio and what's your favorite platform for businesses?
0: Sure. I'm known as the sales hunter, so that yeah, means I must have a passion for sales. That's what I do. I help companies and help salespeople find and retain better prospects. My preferred platform? LinkedIn. My second platform? LinkedIn. My third platform? LinkedIn. <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> I think I have to change the title of this episode, LinkedIn, all the way. We've got to expand that a little bit, ladies and gentlemen, so we'll talk more. Thank you. And Nico Lagersten is with us. Nico, please briefly introduce yourself, and what's your favorite platform?
3: Sure thing. Well, my favorite platform has to be LinkedIn, but um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a senior sales rep. Uh, I've been working at LinkedIn and some other sales companies, and today I run my own. Digital selling consultancy, where we focus on social selling strategies, LinkedIn training, and also some traditional sales consulting. So I have to say, LinkedIn Bonnie, I have to agree with all, uh, all of you. Oh to be a bit my boring. goodness, that, that, that's the truth. Mm.
1: Well, it's, it's a good answer from all of you, but let me, let me change the dynamics here a little bit or the parameters, if you will. First, Kirsten, then Mark, then, then Nico. We're going to go a little bit out of order of the usual format of the show because I want to maximize our time with Mark and then we'll just continue without him. But Kirsten and Mark and Nico, if you're a small business, if you're a startup, if you're a tech startup, if you're manufacturing some kind of world changing sandals, or if you're doing something uh, to help people who were stay-at-home moms or dads, and you start out as a very small business, where should you be? Is it really just going to be LinkedIn for these people, or should you be on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Flickr, uh, Facebook, YouTube, just something, programs sending out, sputtering out blasts from your phone to everybody you can get their, their text messages? Kirsten, where would you suggest for a smaller business or a startup? Figure out
2: where your audience is. That's where you go. Um, if it's Ah. on linkedin then that's where you should be if they're not uh, like a you know stay-at-home moms and dads are not going to be on linkedin that's not their their place they might be on snapchat on twitter on instagram those are the places where you need to be it just it all depends on where your audience is thank you
1: that's what i was looking for mark agree or disagree with kirsten
0: Yes, I totally agree, and I'm going to jump on that even further. It's really about knowing your ICP, your ideal customer profile, and wherever they live, that's the message. You can have five different messages for five different platforms for five different ICPs. Target the message specifically. Deliver it to the medium in which they're on.
1: Okay. Nico, where do you sit or stand on this issue? Where your audience is? How do you find them? What do you think?
3: Well, first of all, I mean, a lot of my audience is going to be on LinkedIn, but they're going to be on Instagram as well. And circling back to your question, it really depends on what you're comfortable with, because LinkedIn is more of, you know, creating thoughtful and, and educated uh, pieces of content. But maybe Instagram is a easier introduction, because you can do a lot and reach a lot of people who are just taking pictures with you know good captions mm-hmm. so it depends on a little bit who we are as a person and, and I, I i would that that's an important part of you know the the equation
1: Thank you all three. Let me flip that question around and ask if you're a, a newish company, newish business, and you want to create a brand that will attract certain people, but you're not sure where they are. Now, one of you, I think Mark mentioned you can have multiple messages for different social platforms, Mark. So if you decide that your brand is going to be something that's friendly and casual and you have three word messages, that's all you want to do. Would you be, would you be predisposed or should you focus your energy, your time, your commitment, your finances, your team on platforms that will highlight and spotlight those three-word messages? Would you become a Twitter aficionado? Would you post pictures on Pinterest, on Insta that have three-word captions? In other words, does the brand come first or do the prospects come first?
2: Kirsten? I personally believe that the the prospects come first. You know, it's always about your customer. You need to figure out um, what's important to them, what is on their radar, and that's how you can really um, focus in on what's going to be the most um, relevant for them, and then ultimately that will be the most
1: engaging. Thank you. Great answer. Mark, let's go around to you. What do you think?
0: Yes, it's always the prospect first. But let's break that down a little further because I can reach prospects on Instagram with three-word memes with visual pictures. I can do the same thing on Pinterest. If that message is going to go to a different ICP on LinkedIn, then it's going to be a longer form. It's going to be more content-driven. If it's Facebook, it's going to be more personally-driven. In other words, there are different mediums that match to different styles, and that's what you have to do. The whole thing is you've got to be authentic. Be authentic on whatever platform you're on.
1: Thank you very much. And authentic, what does that mean, Mark? We hear it all the time. I read books, and I'm one of my other, my personal radio show, Read My Lips Radio. I used to have mostly self-help authors, and they were all talking about be your best self, be your authentic self, be your true self. Uh, Find the miracle of the day and climb to the top of the mountain and look out and say, this is who I am. To me, authentic is almost as, as ubiquitous and overused as as amazing, I try not to tell people they're amazing because it's just overused. What does authentic mean in this? Let's go around the table Mark and then then Nico and then Kirsten, what does authentic mean?
0: Well authentic means let them understand who you are under under the under the sleeve, under the collar. who are you? You know it's easy to be authentic when everything's going great. It's more difficult to be authentic when things are not going great. What they want to see is they want to see who you are as an individual. You are your own brand. We can't forget that the, the first brand we represent is printed on our driver's license, and it's our name. Represent mm-hmm. that brand well. Make your mom proud. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Love it, Nico, Nico, Nico. Let's go back to the previous question: brand first or prospects first when you're creating your brand? And what do you think about the word authentic, Nico? I know you are. I know all three of you are. But Nico, how do you define that? Any question first is well, fine. Go when ahead. It pro- when
3: it comes to brand, or when it comes to brand or prospects first, I think that Kirsten and Mark said it very well. So I don't, I don't have too much to to add to that, but. Uh, if we look at, you know, what authenticity is, I mean, isn't it being uh, having integrity, you know, standing your ground both in good times and bad times and show them who you are and what you really believe in with not weighing in too much what people are going to think about you.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I'm. I'm going to go. Mark. I'm going to go to your first prediction. I know you have to leave in about three and a half minutes. Sure. Here, we're watching yep. the clock, Mark. Uh, your Thank first you. prediction about the topic is authenticity will become even more important. People are turned off by fake. By bots and anything artificial. Now, Mark, we've heard reports in past recent years, not so much recently, that certain celebrities have teams that post their tweets and post their Facebook entries and that it's not the real Britney Spears and it's not the real whoever it is and that people can tell it's canned and it's maybe created by artificial intelligence and they resent that. Is that what we're talking about here? Artificial by someone else, not you? And how do people know? How do they know the difference, Mark?
0: Well, and it's not just stuff that's artificially created by other people, but it's what you post. Because how many times have you followed somebody on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn, and then suddenly they get into a situation where the restaurant just serves them a terrible meal or their flight gets canceled, and suddenly they, they tee off? Well, okay, that may be authentic, but is that the voice that you want to have lasting out there? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I learned this long ago. Um If you would not allow it to be said in front of your mom, don't say it. And we have to somewhat temper our comments. So am I saying it's a little bit of fake authenticity? No, it's not fake authenticity, but it's think long-term, because your message is going to hang out there. And being authentic is so critical now, because there's so many different platforms. You can't do anything without being seen, without being heard. Mm Why? I mean, it's... This is George Orwell, 1984. We're living in it right now.
1: And it's permanent. Do you you think the college kids, you know, there's been a big debate for years that college kids, teenagers don't understand those pictures with too many bottles and too many glasses in the picture or saying stupid things that get posted on social media before they go into the workforce, before they start their own business, before they get hired, before they become a consultant or an analyst or an industry observer. Those are going to follow them the rest of their life. Is that still a lesson to be learned, Mark? I know you got to leave in a minute and a half.
0: That that that's still a lesson to learn because look at the politicians that have had comments made they thirty years ago, a voting record thirty years ago that suddenly comes back to haunt them. Yes, I mean it does. We have to be careful. Nothing. The the only stuff that dies is the stuff you don't want to. And The stuff that you don't want to live forever. <laughs>
1: Kirsten, you want to comment on any any comments Mark made about authenticity and things staying with you, Kirsten?
2: Oh, I think he's absolutely on spot on with that prediction. That authenticity is going to become even more important. People crave that human to human connection, um, whether they're buying from a, a you know B two B situation or it's a you know a more personal situation, you know, buying a car or or you know whatever it might be. Um, People crave that human-to-human connection. We don't get enough of it, partly because of the, the tools that we're talking about today. Um, it's made things, it's made relationships um, easier in some ways and uh, less easy in, in other ways. And I think that um, that people still crave that human connection. Uh, and when you're not authentic, if you if you try to be someone else, people can spot it from a mile away because it just comes across as um, as fake. And um, and trying to pull the wool over somebody's eyes so that they can't really see the true you.
1: Very interesting. You should say that. I'm going to point out to the three of you that I have posted your bios on the VoiceAmerica.com guest directory okay, for the show, and that those bios stay around for a long, long time. And in this age of privacy, what is that? Is it even a thing anymore? A GDPR that started in Europe? I have people sometimes that say, would you please take down my bio. Very rarely, but once in a while. Nico, I'm going to use you as an example, and Mark, I know you need to drop in about 30 seconds, but Nico says in his bio, Nicholas Lagersten, or Nico as people call him, is the rebellious sales rep that always has gone his own way. Nico, that's going to stay with you the rest of your life. Do you know that? Yeah,
2: I know, and it's fine.
1: (laughs) So, I, I just wanted to point that out as an example. Mark, do you want to tell us where you're going? So I'll continue the conversation with Kirsten and Nico. Okay, Mark, wherever you're going, I hope you, I know he, he's a conference speaker somewhere and the, the schedule was changed. So Mark Hunter, thank you very much. Yes, he left. Bye, Mark. Okay, so Kirsten and, Kirsten and Nico, the two of you, and I know we're going to have a, continue to have a really good time on this topic, very lively already. Kirsten Boyleau, let's go to the quotes, the opening quotes, I don't want to, Neglect those because you and Nico put time into selecting your quotes. So, an inspirational quote from Kirsten is a quote from Neil Armstrong. Neil Alden Armstrong, 1930 to 2012, was an American astronaut and aeronautical engineer and even the young people in our audience may know that Neil Armstrong was the first person to walk on the moon. There you go. Very interesting background. I'm not going to read it, but you can all look him up. So, here's the quote. "There's That's one small step for a man, one giant leap for mankind. Kirsten, how does this relate to our topic, please?
2: Well, I got thinking about, you know, the the, um, the continuous evolution of um platforms and tools that we use to connect and, and how, um, you know, it started a long time ago with those initial very first, you know, platforms that were out there. And for every time there's a new, um, tool, a new platform, it's, it's, it's just another step towards that, that giant leap forward. Um, and as those things evolve, those, um, those connections are made and those, um, that greater good is, is, you know, we're, we're constantly seeking to see if we can make things happen with this new tool. And I just think, you know, um, that whole process of getting that person to the moon, it, it's, you know, you know, all of the, the math and all of the, um, engineering that went into that, it really kind of, uh the same idea for all these platforms and tools that we um, leverage today. There's there's a whole lot of um uh, thinking and and engineering that goes into building those platforms and, and so every time we find a new one it's one one step we hope it's one step forward. <laughs> but not always one step forward. <laughs> but we hope it's one
1: step forward. And, uh, That's true. We'll we talk about flavor
2: Thank you, Kirsten. We'll talk about Flavor
1: of the Day platforms a little bit later. Thank you very much, Nico. I, I'm just going to read the quote Mark Hunter sent me, even though he's not around to talk about it. It's a quote from Og Mandino. Augustine Og, O.G., was his nickname, Mandino Second, 1923 to 96, an American author. He wrote The Greatest Salesman in the World. Somebody gave me that book as a gift years ago, a little teeny tiny book. It sold over 50, His all of his books have sold over 50 million copies and been translated into more than 25 languages, and Og Mandino was the president of the Success Unlimited magazine and an inductee of the National Speakers Association Hall of Fame. Here's the quote Mark selected. Always do your best. What you plant now, you will harvest later. And I think we can interpret that as a vote for authenticity. Now let's go around to Nico has sent us a quote from Ooh Chuck Palaniuk's 1999 book Invisible Monsters. I'd never heard of this, Nico. Invisible Monsters is a novel published by Chuck Palaniuk. I hope I say that right. In 1999, 1999, his third novel, though it was his second written after his book, Insomnia, if you lived here, you'd better be home already. You'd be home already. It was rejected by the publisher for being too disturbing. And then after the success of his novel, Fight Club... Invisible Monsters was given a second chance, and a revision was published. And it has something to do with a catwalk model who has a boyfriend, a career, a loyal best friend, but a sudden accident leaves her disfigured, incapable of speech. She goes from being the beautiful center of attention to being an invisible monster. And we'll leave that from there. And here's the quote Nico has selected. When did the future switch from being a promise to being a threat? Oh, Nico. Wow, yes. I learned a lot from this one. What does this mean for our, our listeners talking about social media, digital platforms for businesses? Yeah, it's sure, you sure thing. And I think that, you know,
3: way back, I mean, I think that people were, you know, really looking forward to the future, as a bright and better place. And we're not going to go into politics and, and general, you know, the, the, the social environment today. But people are a bit more pessimistic and You know, I meet a lot of people in in my job that, you know, don't want their sales reps spending time on LinkedIn. They don't want their reps to have great LinkedIn profiles because they're scared that, okay, but what what if we, you know, update their profiles, for example, and really show who they are and they look really good. Aren't the competition going to steal them? That's a very, very common, you know, objection sometimes. And I always say, like, you know, it's the same thing that you have, you know, I don't know, Slatan and image take a sports uh, analogy of that. I mean, shouldn't you train Slatan when he's playing for Milan to score as a lot of, of goals as possible when he's playing for your club? I mean, it's inevitable that people are going to, you know, find great talent. Um, and, I mean, a lot of people are, you know, afraid of investing in video solution because the physical meeting is where everything happens. And I can debunk that right away because I've done... I don't know how many deals are done it's completely over the phone and over the video, and it, and it really works. And it also taps into, you know, if we're going to be environmental friendly like and stuff like that. So I think we, you know, we need to boil down and cut through the noise and really, you know, think it through and figure out what kind of platform uh, is going to work for us and what kind of workflow we should have working with them. So that's where that quote comes from. Maybe a bit far but I like this.
1: Thank you. Did you read the book? Is that something on your reading list, or do you recommend it to people, Nico?
3: Yeah, just because of the Fight Club, as you said. So I haven't read it, actually.
1: Okay. Well, that's on the reading list for everybody on this call is to yeah. read invisible monsters. If you dare. Okay. Kirsten, let's go around to you. I think we're going to just dive right into our prediction segment on the show. And then it's only 25 after. Yeah. We may not take a break. So let's, let me start with your first prediction you sent me, Kirsten. You say digital sales reps trying to stay ahead of or on top of the curve of customer expectation. I think that's the key here, Kirsten. Need to ensure they don't get distracted by the next shiny new object. So many apps, so many tools, so many theories demanding attention. They will solve our problems, but do they really? Kirsten, why don't you expand this for us, please? Great start to the formal predictions part of the show.
2: Yeah, I think that that's something that we as um as operations teams, um, as enablement teams, need to keep uh, in mind. You know, I get bombarded um, weekly with from reps saying, "Hey, I want to. Uh, I love using this tool. I think it's amazing, and I'd love to see it. You know, scaled out globally to to the rest of the sales organization." And as we dig a little bit deeper, it's not something that can be supported from an enterprise level. And and so, you know, some of these things are. Uh, it's just something that we have to keep in mind, right? We have to, um, if, if it's something that truly is going to be valuable, how does it fit into our overall um, strategy? And, and you know, if it fits in there, do we actually have something already in-house that, that can do something similar, um, but we just haven't used it in that way? Uh, th- there's, there's all kinds of those things happening all the time. And and so we need to keep those that in mind as we as an operations team and enablement teams and, and management and leadership. You know, constantly looking to improve and yet not being distracted by those shiny new objects all the time. Okay.
1: Kirsten, is there a temptation, do you think, let me ask you a question, for new companies, young companies, companies that are starting to Find their footing, if you will, in in digital selling, social media. Do you think there is that that temptation? Somebody comes into work and said, "Hey, I just heard about this brand new platform. It's better than pinsta uh, It's better than Pinterest. It's better than Instagram. And it's called uh, it's called um, uh, Footsy Twosy. I'm making this up. footsie onesie <laughs> And and everybody's going to be on it. And all the influencers are going to be on it. And all the people with the young millennials and the Gen Wires and Zers who have expendable money. They have." discretionary funding, their trust fund babies. I'm just making this up, Kirsten. They're going to be there, and that's where we need to put all our energy. Should the people who started the company say, oh, yeah, Bob, that's great. We'll just stop doing everything on all the other platforms. Let's give it a try for a week. Do you think that's happening? Hold
2: oh, on. Um, I'm, I'm very far removed from the startup uh, um, world, um, but I, would, I, would, I wouldn't think so. I mean, maybe not stopping everything else. They might experiment with something along those lines, um, mm-hmm. but I, I would hesitate to say that they would uh, stop everything else because those other things are being—they wouldn't be investing them if they weren't being successful. Um, and so, you know, to just stop everything else and, and go with this shiny new object—I don't—I don't think that's happening. However, I do think that it does come into play. Um, it, well, especially in a in a big company like I'm in, it, you know, in, in pockets, right? You know, uh, one particular sales team will be utilizing this shiny new object, um, and it might go against you know certain policies or whatever, or um, it you know it is. You sometimes you run up against uh, those um, uh, apps that scrape LinkedIn data, and we're oh. I mean we're LinkedIn's biggest customer. And so we mm-hmm. cannot, we cannot um, make, we cannot have those kinds of things within our walls, and because those things are are illegal <laughs> from a LinkedIn mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and those show up occasionally. And so we have, there's all those kinds of things that need to be, like there's legal implications as well. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is that um, if we're constantly giving new tools to our sales reps, they're going to spend more time learning how to use, leverage those tools in a, um, an efficient way um, rather than actually delivering on their KPIs. Uh, and that's something to keep in mind too. Thank
1: you very much. Great answer. Nico, let's get your thoughts on what Kirsten just brought up about the shiny new object. You've been in the I think you've been in the startup world. What do you see?
0: That
3: is a great, great point. I'm happy you brought it up Kirsten because uh it is exactly like you say, we are we've been bombarded with new tools. Uh but I mean you're in a big company, SAP, that have, you know, sales enablement teams that actually are responsible for, you know, rolling out and planning and make sure it goes as smooth as possible. But If you look at, you know, mid-sized companies and smaller companies, they don't have sales enablement. The sales director, the sales manager, both sales operations, sales enablement, and everything in between. And everything, a lot of things looks good on paper. It's very easy to talk about, you know, ROI. You can quantify a lot of things pretty easily. But are you going to get, you know, your internal effort on it? Uh, How is it actually going to, you know... Work inside the organization. Are we going to handle the rollout? and the answer to that is, unfortunately, a lot of times no. Uh, and that's where we see so many uh, high high amount of churn in different kind of you know SaaS products because the product is great. It's nothing wrong with the product or the service. Maybe it actually solves you know a couple of percent of a problem, but you have to stack it up and then benchmark it to other kinds of tools we have that maybe solve a little bit more percent of that problem. Uh so yeah. Uh and we, we, so so yeah.
1: Thank you there. both. I'm I'm going to chime in here, Kirsten and Nico. I f- just found an article. Kirsten knows how fast I find things. Social Media Week. <laughs> this is from December 18th, 2019. So how many weeks ago? 14 weeks ago. Here's the title. Sit still and put your seatbelt on, ladies and gentlemen. Five social media platforms your brand should consider in 2020. And they say photo sharing, streaming, blogging, and more. Don't overlook these social platforms as we head into 2020. One is TikTok. No surprise. The second one is Last. So quietly launched in November 2018 via a tweet from a product manager on the team. It serves as Facebook's take on TikTok. The third one is Vero. They say if you don't remember it, don't worry, you're not alone. It's the antidote to Facebook and Instagram. It's a photo sharing app built on a no ads, no algorithms model. The next one is Caffeine. Oh, bring it on. Started by Apple former, former Apple designer Ben Crayon. It's the newest social broadcasting platform on the block and as of November 2019 emerged out of a two-year beta trial. It raised $146 million from lead investors. I won't read the names. The next one is Steemit, S-T-E-E-M-I-T, founded back in 2016. It's a blockchain-based social media platform modeled loosely on Reddit. Steemit rewards users with the native virtual currency Steem, S-T-E-E-M, when they curate or curate popular content. It can be used to earn votes on the platform to purchase well, purchase real gifts and credits can be purchased with Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies and shared with others on the platform a living breathing growing social economy I know we're not going to focus on these but Kirsten any comments on the overview I just read of these five brand new social media platforms what do you think
2: apparently I am completely out of it because I've with any of them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: TikTok's the only one I've ever heard of. Nico, you're probably yeah, closer to this. Heard of TikTok, TikTok but Yes, the other ones I'm like, nope, 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 nope. nope. I <laughs> I agree. Name. Nico, what do you think? Are these uh, strange names yeah. to you? Steam it and caffeine and lasso and Vero? Uh, what do you think?
3: They, they are. They are. So don't feel uh, anything near. <laughs> uh, I've heard about TikTok, <laughs> but I, but I, but I really really like you know the idea of you know a Reddit base where. You actually get upvoted and and, and uh, you get rewarded for it because that drives me mm. a little bit towards you know what Mark is, is so uh, keen on talking about authenticity and I mean what we see on social media it's it's full of crap to be honest and and that that is you know one of the biggest issues that. No, I follow some, some different kind of future scientists and stuff like that. And just before the show, when I did some research, uh, a Swedish guy called Alexander Bard, he said that, you know, almost 98% of all the pictures on Instagram go unseen. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that, you know, smaller networks, smaller communities where you get rewarded for really, really good content is an excellent mm-hmm. idea. Uh, and one of my favorite Platforms that I use quite frequently is the one that called Medium, which uh, which is you know where you can read a lot about articles, and they have smart ways of you know upvoting certain paragraphs and comments within a blog post to see what people really like, and you can start you know smaller discussions around you know just a meaning or, or a phrase, and then yeah, so so I really believe in smaller communities and promoting people actually creating good good content with not just likes. But actually, something that is tangible, uh, like maybe Bitcoin or something like that.
1: Thank you. Interesting. I'm going to read your number one prediction, Nico. I I think it's. Isn't that cool, Kirsten? I'm going to read. We're we're learning and talking at the same time. Nico, I'm going to read your number one prediction because this is something we need to talk about right now in the show. Your number one prediction is Instagram, as we know it, will be gone by 2025. Nico, what are you thinking? Talk to me.
3: Yes. Oh my God. What am I thinking? Well, (laughs) I mean, if we if we if we look at both Instagram and we take Facebook for example, we see that. Now Instagram. I think they they were first with you know the video story option, and they also have you know Instagram TV, and also Facebook are starting with more of a story mode where you can actually uh, upload more short uh, stories. Um, and I just think that if you look at the whole influencer marketing trend with all kinds of media, uh, I mean, I'm sure you you can better drive uh wine, now from a influencer marketing campaign that traditionally news mm-hmm. that but there are a big problem, you know, with buying fake likes. I mean me and Kirsten can go out and start an Instagram account. We can buy two thousand followers from India uh, and we can I don't know talk about maybe sunglasses and guess maybe if we lucky some sunglass company to sponsor us and they see that yeah. we get a hundred likes from fake audiences uh, mm. and that's always going to be a problem uh, but, but I, and also I mean if we look at social uh, if we look at mental illness mental unhealth, health there's been a you know skyrocketing um, trouble I'm sure it's in the US as well if you look at you know young adults or young people that are completely burnt out are depressed and a lot of scientists are you know connecting this to social media that you know People, we're spending so much time there. We're not having that human connection. And we're just, you know, seeing a, a completely PR-based, perfect life that everybody seems to have. But it's not true. Uh, yes. So, so that, that is some of my thoughts. And, uh, yeah. So, Thank you. Something like that. Yeah. I appreciate
1: that. Kirsten, Instagram, as Nico says, will be gone by 2025. That's less than five years from now. What do you think, Kirsten? Do you think anything else will be gone?
2: You know, I hadn't really thought about the, that kind of perspective, Nico. But that's that's really interesting. As the 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 um, caveat as we know yeah. it, I think is is quite possible. I mean, it's different than it was a year ago. Oh, was it a year ago when they took yeah. um, off the uh, the number of likes um, mm. off the viewing platform, right? So it's already changed from how yeah. it was for you know the initial five, ten years that it has been around. I'm not sure exactly how long it's been around. Um, so I think, you know, it, it, quite possibly and, and quite probably, it will be different than it is today. Um, and I, I absolutely agree that, um, you know, social media, is, it's almost causing social media sickness. It's like a—it's like an illness, a disease. And, you know, sharing that perfect life and that whole authenticity topic we mm-hmm. talked about earlier, um, those things all come into play. Um, and it, I'm not sure that it would be just Instagram. I mean, Facebook is, um, <laughs> it could be such a... Say downer. it. <laughs> Say, it. You're having. Say it. Say <laughs> <laughs> <Go Okay>. it. <ahead. laughs> um, and And so, you know, I suspect that uh, in time um, that... Platforms will have to take responsibility for and accountability for um, the mental health issues that they have not directly caused, but have had yeah. a um, have participated in. Because I mean, we as human beings, mm-hmm. we've chosen to be on those on those mm-hmm. platforms, and we've chosen to do those things, and so you know that all contributes. But having that platform available to us in the first place was. Um, you know, part of the problem. So I think that there's, you know, yeah, there's going to have to be some changes, and there's going to have to be some some accountability taken, um, that that will make things the, the social platforms the way we see them today uh, completely different in the future.
1: Kirsten, yeah. so so well put, Nico. You talk because I have a couple comments for Kirsten, but I hear yeah, you, Nico. What just, would you like I to, want to I just,
3: I just, I yeah. just want to uh, comment on Kirsten. Then I think you're completely right, and if we look at Responsibility that some companies take, taken. I, I think it was pretty, pretty cool actually. That Apple—I don't know if it was their iOS 12 update. It was 2019 where they came with the new feature, Screen Time. As I'm sure you said, as I'm sure you see, not on on your iPhone devices now, and you can actually limit the time you spend on different kind of apps and. Uh, I have a limitation on Instagram for like I don't know 20 minutes per day, and when that time is up, I get a you know notification your time is up, but I can easily overrun it. But the cool thing is that from from a parent perspective, that you you can definitely now via this feature uh, lock down actually how much screen time your children have if you are you know sharing uh, same Apple ID and stuff like that. So so Apple have, you know realized this and have started taking responsibility
2: for it. -hmm. There you go. Go I came across that in um, in I was setting up an iPad the other day. I was like, "Oh, this is this is really really helpful because you know as a parent you get distracted by um, you know you're cooking dinner or whatever, and all of a sudden forty five minutes goes by and you're like, I meant to tell them twenty minutes ago to stop." (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. I just want to say to both of you that I Kirsten, I find Facebook, uh, I call it a, a happy person bulletin board in a sense. I, I really don't care who ate chicken wings at a certain cafe or what the menu looked like and who woke up to a bluebird on their roof, but that's what I see in the community where I am. And I, I used to work for a, a community newspaper that's part of a big network of local community newspapers in New York. I won't say where. And only the happy stuff got printed. You weren't allowed to have controversy. And the letters to the editor were monitored and nothing really negative. If you said anything about a bad experience like pre-Yelp, oh, that wouldn't allow to be printed because you couldn't say anything because we didn't have both sides. Maybe that was the best way, the fairest way to do it. I don't know. But the point is that I look at Facebook and I say, oh, how many thumbs up and hearts do I have to click today? so the people who know I'm on the platform will know that I care about them and I'm thinking about them and I like them and I think they have the most beautiful family in the world and they have the best taste in restaurants and their color of their new kitchen is the most gorgeous color I've ever seen painted in the history of, of indoor plumbing. So, Kirsten, I, I just find yes. Yeah. So you think Facebook will actually go away, Kirsten? Do you think we'll just get tired of it? Mm. I
2: don't think it'll go away. However, I mean the demographic for Facebook is getting higher and higher, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> older and older you might say. Um yep. and and you know, as they expire <laughs> for in a politically correct <laughs> <laughs> manner, um, I'm Kirsten, not sure that nice. there will be a <laughs> I'm not sure that there will be a, a younger contingent to come in and take their place.
1: Okay, interesting. Maybe they'll have a little more savvy in what they post. Let's just leave it there. I don't want to make any enemies. Thank you, Kirsten. Thank you, Nico. I'm looking at, uh, Kirsten, let's go to your prediction number three. This is interesting. And by the way, to our audience, if you're just tuning in, this is Technology Revolution, the future of now, 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 now. That's the way Ryan says it. And our topic today is Digital Selling Wheel of Fortune 2025, Instagram, LinkedIn, iPhone, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, or all of the new platforms we just found out even exist. I'm speaking right now with Kirsten Boyleau at SAP and Nico Lagersten at Digitize. And in the beginning of the show, we were privileged with the attendance of Mark Hunter, the sales hunter, who had to go and do a speaking engagement. So technically, we have three panelists, but we're down to two. So let's go to your prediction number three, Kirsten. I like this one. You say the social tools and platforms that can be leveraged by a sales rep, that's really our topic today, although we are getting kind of extending the boundaries, uh, can be divided along the lines of B2B and B2C. And you you say wisely, LinkedIn is more of a B2B platform, whereas Instagram and Snapchat are more geared toward B2C. So I want you to explain this prediction, Kirsten, but let's talk about we know, we used the word authentic earlier uh, through one of Mark's predictions. Uh, when you talk about people being their authentic selves, you can have a person in a company to whom you're trying to set, start a relationship and eventually sell something. They might be on Instagram and Snapchat and Pinterest and Facebook in addition to being on LinkedIn, So there should be possibly a blending of your message on all of those platforms, Kirsten. So how do you divide that, if you will, that Maginot line between B2B and B2C when you're doing your outreach for your company? What's your thought?
2: Um, I, I think that uh, there is something to say around um, the fact that there, yes, those platforms are kind of meant for... Generally, I wouldn't say it's, you know, there's, there's not a hard line between the two by any means. Um, but generally, you know, LinkedIn is more of a B2B platform. Snapchat is definitely more B2C. Um, however, as, I think Mark put it quite well earlier that he, he said, you know, it depends on the persona that you're trying to um, to speak to on the different platforms, and you adjust your messaging dependent on the platform and the persona that, and the audience that you're trying to um, speak to on that particular platform. So I think that there is um, there's a place for some of those B2C um, mm-hmm. platforms in a B2B world. Um, I think it... Has, I think the, the B2B platform, like the LinkedIn, has a harder time going on the B2C side, but it's not, it's definitely possible. Um, but I tend to, you know, when I'm on LinkedIn, I'm looking at, you know, thinking about this is my professional life, um, this is my the interests I have from a professional um standing. I'm not thinking about, you know, I need to go out and buy a car, or I need to go out and buy a washer and dryer. Um, I need to, you know, I'm looking for the latest new shampoo that's going to be good for my curly hair. You know, like those kinds of things don't (laughs) don't cross my mind when I'm on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would think I would find those, if there was content around those kinds of things, I would find that of context for myself. Um, On the other hand, if I'm on Instagram, I, you know, i it's more of a blend of the two. I might be looking at content that is, um, you know, more geared towards my professional life, but also have it blended in with some of the things that are more um, towards my personal life.
1: Thank you. Great answer. Nico, please, Mm. thoughts on what Kirsten just shared? Interesting topic. Go ahead, Nico.
3: Uh, I have a lot lot to say about this, I think. And I agree with Kirsten a lot. But, again, when I I sat down and read through... You know Marx and Kirsten's quotes, and you know, prepare my own thoughts for this. And my my own experience with all of these platforms, I think I think it's a lot about norms uh, norms in the society. And what I mean by that, so for example, if when I started up my LinkedIn account in 2011, there was hardly any content on the platform. The only content that was on the platform was like you know, annual reports from CFOs and CEOs. Huh. And when I open up LinkedIn today. I see more and more of, you know, Instagram image style that, you know, you know, sales reps and influencers are, you know, trying to deliver a smart message, but the picture they have is actually a nice picture of themselves. So they drive towards that human vein, mm-hmm. if you would like to call it that, and those kind of posts get the most likes and comments in my, um, in my newsfeed, actually, more than, you know, the really interesting blog post that maybe Kirsten wrote about, you know, sales enablement that is super much more important, but mm-hmm. we're human beings and we have to take that into account. And when it comes to as an individual sales rep, I mean, what's stopping me from actually connecting with Kit and Boyle at S C P on Instagram, if you can find her name there, because I can direct message her there, just as I yes. can on, on Instagram, or on LinkedIn, but she would probably be put off by it. But I hear more and more now that, you know, people are starting dating, that they just strike off a conversation. We are looking at somebody's Insta story. So I think that this is all going to blend mm-hmm. together. And, and I think that, you know, we're starting to, the whole aspect of, you know, your professional life and your personal life, it is really starting to blend together. And if I were to see just a picture of somebody from a fair that are talking about, okay, we're on this fair now, on this week, on on LinkedIn, and that guy had a really nice suit on or a nice shirt, I would, Mm -hmm. you know, I I could think like, "Hmm, well, that's a nice suit. So I don't necessarily think that when we are on LinkedIn, we have a super set, you know, mindset that can't be judged or, or, you know, altered, uh, from some, something in those lines basically.
1: Thank you. This is this is great. I didn't know where our conversation was going to go today, Kirsten and Nico. But I like this, and your point is so well taken, Nico. If somebody connects with me on LinkedIn, somebody I don't know, of course I look at their bio, I look at their company, I see what their profile is on LinkedIn to see whether a is it a good fit or b would there be I have any interest in knowing about them, and then I often will Google them and see what comes up. I'm not on. Insta I'm not on Pinterest I'm a member but I don't go there really Uh, I will then google them and see if they're on Facebook and I'll look and see what do they do and what do they like and what kind of person are they and do they have any sports interests and do they have music interests and I do want to know so there is that interesting blending of to be authentic you need to be a person with a digital presence right Kirsten who are they really who are they really? Let me read Mark Hunter, who who left us a few minutes ago. He, he didn't leave us. He had to go to another appointment. Mark, I have to be careful with language here. Mark Hunter is alive and well. Yay. Here's his prediction number three. I think both of you will appreciate that. we only got six minutes left, but I want to read this one. He said... We will see a proliferation of smaller, niche-focused social media platforms as people tire of the extreme noise level the Internet creates. I think we can just let that stand on its own, as I I mentioned, those five brand-new shiny objects a few minutes ago. But, Nico, before we wrap up, I do want to read – I want to read prediction number two from you. This was an interesting one, and we'll quickly go from you to Kirsten for her comments. You say, the data from social networks, aha, will be harvested by even more companies. We already see how LinkedIn and Microsoft have integrated LinkedIn with its CRM dynamics. So, Nico, we're out there, aren't we? We are sharing data, whether we like it or even know it, or, or any in, in between blend. So, is this a danger? Is this a good thing for companies looking to find out whether they could consider us a, a viable prospect? Nico,
3: I mean, uh, it should be a good good thing because you should be able to communicate in, in a much more relevant and thoughtful way, uh, and. Uh, I mean, the, the data that we have on LinkedIn is complete, always up to date. Uh, and when you can mesh that with your CRM data, and when you can actually get, you know, out to updated, col- um, you know, contacts that are, you know, they're real. They're not just, you know, some static data point that, you know, my predecessor in this role uh, left behind. Um, so th- this data is going to be more and more valuable. And we we need to be more thoughtful of actually how we, you know save our da- save our data and, and as a company, even if you 're a smaller or mid sized company, say how have have we actually harvest our data because we're gonna, we 're going to can reap so much benefits from it uh, if we just do it right but it 's a really tricky and hard hard question to ask and i 'm far from an expert from it but um, the last year i 've been looking into so much more into data in my profession as a both you know a sales rep and a sales consultant and more of my, you know, studies going, going forward is going to be around data and how we can integrate that more in, in our business side, I think.
1: So. Thank you. Kirsten, quickly, can you comment on that? Harvesting data from social networks for business purposes. There's our blend again. What do you think, Kirsten?
2: You know, I, it was something that I, I um, have been thinking about for a long time is that, you know, we, we as, as human beings, as consumers, we tend to get very um, defensive about you know uh, different platforms having that information mm. uh, on us. And yet when it comes to the experiences that we expect, and it comes back, you know it goes back to that mm. expectations that I mentioned in my very first um, prediction, the, the our con- the consumer expectation is that we deliver to them a very personalized, very relevant. They don't want to be distracted by noise, as, as Nico pointed out. The the noise of mm-hmm. social media is going to become so vast that people are going to want to turn it off. And how do you turn it off? Mm-hmm. And yet still um, get those those things that you want out of the interactions. Mm-hmm. In, in order for for that to be delivered, you have to have. The, the the company that is you know uh, targeting you needs to have the, the correct information so that they can send you the right experience. They know mm-hmm. exactly what is going to be relevant for you, um, and they won't bombard you with stuff that is going to be irrelevant. And that's part of the reason why we get so much stuff that's irrelevant, because we haven't, there's not enough information out there or companies aren't leveraging the information properly um, to give yeah. us the right experience at the moment.
1: Thank you very much, both. Thank you. All great points. I I really have enjoyed this conversation. I'm sorry Mark had to leave us because I know he would have loved this too, but that's the way it goes. Uh, Kirsten, we're almost done. Any quick one-stop prediction a one sentence on 2025 spinning that wheel? Will businesses still be using LinkedIn? What do you think, yes or no? Yes, I believe
2: businesses will still be using LinkedIn, and I I believe that they will be delivering, I hope they will be delivering those very um, targeted experiences and making customers happier that
1: way happy-er. I like that. Thank you. We want to be happy <laughs> Nico Lagerston, will it still be LinkedIn, 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 or do you think there'll be a couple of ancillary platforms that will be equally popular as the, the blend from B2C, B2B, back and forth will continue to increase? Nico, no, quick it, thoughts? It,
3: it, it will probably be, probably be LinkedIn, but, but I see, you know, a rise in video, and, and, and video is really what what's, if we've been saying this for a lot of years now. It's going to be the next big thing, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a so big believer in video and what company creates can create from mm-hmm. from video that it's it's a big opportunity for everyone out there. But LinkedIn will be around, I'm sure of it, especially now with you know one of the most healthiest, the most uh, rich companies in the world with Microsoft owning them. So, they, yep. I mean, Bill Gates is a pretty smart man and he he knows what he's doing
1: you think? <laughs> Thank you very much. He still is. He still is. Yeah. Kirsten Boyleau, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. I, I got you into a different game today and I appreciate your flexibility and fluidity to flow with this. We had great information from you. Mark Hunter, wherever you are, giving your, your keynote somewhere. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for joining the beginning of the show. Neeker Lagerston, it's always a pleasure to have you on. I hope the two of you will come back on Technology Revolution, the future of now, later in the year. Send me some topics you'd like to talk about, and we'll get you back, and we'll get Mark back, and we'll even add a fourth to the panel as usual. I want to thank Ryan Treasure at World Talk Radio, my co-producer. Love the intro, Ryan. Now, now, now. Aaron Keller, my engineer extraordinaire with nerves of steel just to work with me. And remember, everyone, people say the future is already here. No, it's not. That was yesterday's future. Today's future hasn't happened yet, so let's make it the best ever. Bonnie D. Graham signing off.